Welcome to GraceWorks, a ministry podcast of Grace Presbytery. Each episode will feature life-giving, heart-opening ministry happening right here through the work of our member churches. I'm your host, Paul Burns. Welcome back, Grace Presbytery. Today we're joined by Emmanuel Presbyterian Church ruling elders Kristen Hartwell and Ken Richardson. And uh, we're going to be talking about Emmanuel Presbyterian Church and an amazing mission that they were part of starting and continue to be a part of. And we'll get into that in a moment. But first, welcome to GraceWorks, Ken and Kristen. How are you? Doing great. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. Now, okay, so this has been a strange last church year, and I'm sure there have been a lot of things learned in the last year and a lot of things experienced. Ken, talk about your experience in this last year with Emmanuel Presbyterian Church. I was just like everyone else, shocked by what happened initially with the pandemic. And I was also shocked at how fast our church launched into action. As soon as we learned that things were closing down, we immediately had a session meeting. And this was on a Saturday. And then by Sunday morning, we were broadcasting online worship services. <laughs> uh, somehow we we pulled it together and uh, our pianist went home and recorded a bunch of songs that we needed and people sent me videotapes and stuff. And I mean, it was amazing. But uh, so I think that's been interesting. And then, but, you know, it's also been sad because we haven't had the personal touches that we've really needed. We've also done lots of exciting things with Christian education, anti-racism training, you name it. We've, we've done a lot of things, uh, fellowship time where we hear everyone's joys and concerns on, on a big call. There've been some positives along with the obvious negatives, but thanks. That's great to hear Ken and church Remote church on the fly, weekend one. That's impressive. A lot of churches can relate to that, I know. Uh, Kristen, how about you? What are what are some of your thoughts about the last year and experience? I agree with Ken. Um, it, a lot has changed and we've learned so much. The remote fellowship online, I'm almost going to miss it because everyone gets to hear everyone else instead of saying, oh, there goes so-and-so. I didn't get to catch up with her today. Um, she's already, you know, gone out the door of the narthex. Um, I've amazed at how much has changed, but the normal stuff. We have hired a transitional pastor. We have hired a new finance secretary, finance administrator for the church. I mean, we are still doing church stuff. And um, I'm, I'm just so thankful for our staff and that first meeting that Ken talked about. We sat down in, as a session and I said it there. I trust our staff. Let's keep going. I trust our session to keep in contact with people. We actually cut the spine off of a directory and handed the pages out to session members and said, these are your people, call them. <laughs> and so it's been a, a great way to still keep in touch. Wow. It, it sounds to me like, uh, as I've talked to other church leaders, that that this last year has intensified the reasons why we do church. You know, what what's something that you can think of, Ken, that that you feel like you felt the need of in a greater way because of the last year? Well, I, I think just things involving kids, a lot of it. I've and I felt the need, and also they felt the need. One of the things we've started 
which did not happen before, was we have an online book club for youth and adults. And you can just tell they still love going online and talking to us and learning. And so I think there's definitely a need for community outside of the screen, doing things together. And Kristen, you grew up in this church, basically. I mean, you, you've been, how, how old were yes. you when you joined this church? I started in the junior high youth group and uh, I was an elder one-year term when I was in high school and a one-year term as a deacon in high school. And now I've done a couple three-year terms on trustees before we went from tricameral to bicameral and now elder. So yeah, really have grown up here. And you've probably never seen anything like this. (laughs) I have never seen anything like this. No. And, and I'm going to say a little shout out to Ken. He is our technical guru when he says people sent him videos that has not stopped in the past year. He has, I guess we we just got back into the sanctuary sanctuary on a on a part-time basis, but that just means he's working Sunday mornings with the two cameras on Zoom. So yeah, it's amazing. Wow. Uh, folks, as you're listening in right now, pray for Ken and all the technical workers in the church. That they need a vacation, you know, maybe give them a gift pack or something like that. Um <laughs> Well, okay, so we're going to talk about the 6-8 project, something that began with Emanuel Presbyterian Church and continues to be supported by Emanuel Presbyterian. So how what is the 6-8 project? I guess I could start. Well, this the name comes from Micah 6-8. Uh, what does the Lord require of you to seek justice, love kindness, and walk humbly? And it grew out of a big project that our ministry intern at the time, Dana Jones, he he uh, wanted sort of an innovative kind of ministry placement, and and it in it, this what actually became the six eight project became I forget the exact word for it, but it's a some sort of certified Grace Presbytery ministry, and it is what it first started out as, and. Really, the idea was we don't have a set agenda. We just want to be in relationship with people that are in a neighborhood that may be in some way disadvantaged or forgotten. And we landed in, after a lot of study and research, talking to a lot of people from Habitat to Humanity, police departments, schools, other leaders, we eventually talked to people in the neighborhood, in the Greenway neighborhood of Fort Worth, and and that's where we started our ministry. And we were originally thinking it was going to be just kind of Bible study and stuff like that, but then it led to action <laughs> and doing things. And so that's I, I I think that's kind of how it started, and then uh, eventually you know it became bigger and bigger and. It, after a while, it became sort of its own um, 501c3 separate from the church. And it's still in its infancy stages, but um, I think the thought is that someday we'll be able to go into other neighborhoods and do something similar. And uh, yeah, and we've already involved a lot of people from other organizations besides just our church. Kristen, what drew you to this ministry? What I enjoy about it is the history in the neighborhood. It feels like you're walking into a small town. It's not, uh, I mean, 
there, there's so much history there that you, you hear the residents speaking and they say so-and-so's daughter lives there and she works with that there's a story behind everything and it's it's just a lot of fun to go down there and and feel part of a group um, my dad is also a big volunteer down there and a lot of some things happen especially during the summer during working hours and and I'm not able to go so when I go oh you're John's daughter oh she's John's daughter da, da, da. like that's that's the big announcement so it's just part you feel like you belong when you go down there the people are welcoming and there is always something going on um, around the calendar year there is something coming up it's exciting so Ken what kind of impact have you seen the six eight project have? in this neighborhood? Um, well, I can tell you a few things and I, I, I'm stop me if I go too long <laughs> because there's a lot, but um, really I think in the heart of it is relationships. And it's the kind of thing where we've learned a lot by ter- talking to all the diverse people that are there. And what I mean by that is there's people from all backgrounds, different ages, a lot of uh, dif- different ethnic groups. We've got Probably it's primarily African-American, but there's also African-American immigrants, Latino, Latina. And and so, but I would say one thing that has developed really strongly is relationships from the volunteers who are not in the the neighborhood, which include us from Emmanuel, also TCU students, others, and people in the neighborhood, but also among the people in the neighborhood, by starting this organization in the neighborhood, we have put together people from that maybe were siloed a little more in their own communities that now look after each other and help each other. So that's sort of the more relationship kind of things going on. But some of the more tangible things we did is we connected them with the Terranary Food Bank. And every month, there are two different Terranary Food Bank programs that, that, that are maintained by the people in the neighborhood. And including, you know, people getting fresh vegetables and fruits, uh, some express deliveries. Also, every week right now, we are part of the Tarrant Food Bank emergency box distribution, where we deliver approximately 60 boxes of food to families with kids and also um, milk bottles. So we have like, I think, 50 times four milk bottles that are distributed every week. And so that's that's another thing. Um, we do neighborhood cleanups. We do um, every, once once a year. We typically on Martin Luther King Day do rehab of the houses in the neighborhood. Some of the ones, especially with elderly residents, and we get people from the community and also from the neighborhood to help out. And we will uh, fix some things in the houses. And, uh, you know, that's another thing. We we do a summer lunch program uh, that is part of also kind of the, the kids who go to school and get free and reduced lunch in the summers, what happens to them? Well, we have this program and then we built around that a lot of enrichment activities for the kids with computers, games, crafts, reading. I, another thing that we've done recently is we've started a scholarship program in the neighborhood. And so we've given out our, our first scholarship uh, this year, and it was in memory of one of our dear friends in the neighborhood who was on the board, by the way, uh, that she passed away last year as a result of a long battle with cancer. But anyway, 
and so we've we've started that ministry as well. And boy, has that made a difference for that kid's family, who's now an adult at UTA. So <laughs> it, it just seemed it seems so open ended, you know, like anything yeah. could happen. Anything is possible. Just what yeah. whatever wherever the need is and wherever you can feel the need. Kristen, what's you know, is what's a story that comes to mind, you know, when people ask you about this ministry? You know, I think of taking neighborhood kids to a basketball game at TCU and to the, um, oh, which bowl is it, Ken? The Armed Forces Bowl. Armed Forces Bowl. Yeah. Um, that, that's played there. We, we get a group together. We all drive. And sometimes it's TCU isn't that far away, but geographically, but I mean, sometimes it just might seem unreachable, unreachable for someone in that neighborhood. So to to just lead the kids and that we don't just go to the game, we meet students, we have contacts to several different academic departments so they can see the cool science labs and, you know, and just really open doors for possibilities of, hey, I could do this. And this looks fun and, you know, just really put some plant some good seeds um, in, in young brains. It's very exciting. And, and since we've had the ministry for several years now, it's fun to see those kids grow up and, you know, really excel socially and academically. It's really special. Yeah, this sounds definitely like putting faith in action. Uh, reflecting the Micah 6, 8, seek justice, love kindness, walk humbly. And another thing I saw when I looked at the website, by the way, if if y'all want to learn more about it, you can go to 68project.org. 68 is spelled out in the, in the word form, 68project.org. And there's a quote on it from How, Howard Thurman that I thought was very powerful. To speak of the love for humanity is meaningless. There is no such thing as humanity. But what we call humanity has a name, was born, lives on a street, gets hungry, needs all the particular things we need. As an abstract, it has no reality whatsoever. That that sounds like uh, the, uh, the perfect quote for this website and for this mission. So, you know, you were in Grace Presbytery. Uh, and this is called Grace Works, and we're focusing on works of grace that are going on. Reflect a little bit, uh, Kristen, about how this is the grace of Jesus Christ. That is a very good question. I think it is the last part of the Micah 6-8, walk humbly with your God. And to me, that is using this as a partnership with the people in the neighborhood and not a a dictatorship or not the colonial missionary style of a mission. It is a true partnership, which means sometimes I don't get my way. Sometimes someone else's idea is used and you know what? God is there and there is grace and there is love and it all works out. So it's not just walking, it's walking humbly with the person next to you. We're all receivers of grace, and we share it between us. Well, I love, I love what you said, Ken. When you reflect on on grace and and the gospel, and uh, you know what what does this have to do with spreading the gospel? Well, um, honestly, I'll have to say that uh, most of the leaders in the neighborhood are 
just as much or, or more of a Christian than I am. <laughs> so um, I, I've received a lot of that grace in, in the neighborhood. Um, I'll tell you something about this that is amazing is, you know, we've sometimes provided resources to the neighborhood. Okay, so, so it goes that way. But on the other hand, we've learned a lot from just talking to everybody in the neighborhood and finding out how their childhood was like, how it was different than mine. But I'll tell you something else. It's that, you know, we're true friends of the folks in the neighborhood. And like, just to give you an example, I had uh, my truck got broke down one time last year. And who did I call? One of the friends in the neighborhood who came immediately and helped me. And, you know, and they will do that. And, and we'll do the same for them. You know, it's just like um, we've been talking to everyone about getting their vaccines, for example. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, for some people, especially if they're older and they they have certain, you know, health problems anyway, they want to talk to their doctor first and and so on. And, and, and a lot of them don't drive. So we really worked hard to help some of those and, and, uh, in particular, um, yeah, Kristen's dad, he he went and took one of the ladies that we love, who's over 80, to the vaccine center and got her first vaccine a couple weeks ago. So um, uh, so we were so happy about that. And I think it, you know, that's another thing about the relationships that have been born is that we we love each other like Christ loves us. Kristen, how have you seen this ministry shape the church? We are a a fairly small church. And with this ministry, we reach out when there is a, when we have a Habitat for Humanity fundraiser or our Christmas community dinner. And so oftentimes it might be Ken, it might be someone else in the congregation will drive to the neighborhood and bring some friends over. So we have an extra table at our church community dinner where we, you know, where our church is gathering with these additional friends. And honestly, it's just, it's more love around the table. And just like the fishes and loaves, a blessing shared is a blessing that grows. Wow. That's, that's a great message right there. And that's church growth right there um, by sharing. It's counterintuitive in some ways, but it is, that's gospel. That is the nature of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're talking to Grace Presbytery, and here's your chance. Tell them what you think, Ken. No, no, don't do that. What what message would, would you like to share with the members of Grace Presbytery? I think I, I really don't have a recipe for you, except for follow your spirit and and trust the spirit and where it leads you. Um, I mean, that's one thing we've had to learn through this whole ministry is uh, somebody just had this idea and we just said, okay, let's go for it, you know? And one thing led to, the, to another and we would not believe what we're doing now when we started. I mean, because one thing just led to another and it led to another and it led to another. And uh, it was not something that we planned. It was something we 
we learned by listening to the spirit and listening to the folks in the neighborhood. And I think, you know, that's something all of us can learn to do when we try to reach out and and meet people and help people. Kristen, how about you? What would you like to share with the Presbytery? I like the phrase that you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You need to find a wheel and push. And that effort of pushing and working, and we'll go back to walking humbly with your God. That's what really counts. So if this is a model that would work for you, contact us, let us know, and um, we're happy for you to get involved or, or share some of what we know. If you see something else, just put some effort, just just push. Push on, Grace Presbytery. There's <laughs> plenty of wheels out there to push. Well, I, I want to thank you for coming on GraceWorks today and sharing about this ministry. Uh, I mean, this is this is something to be celebrated, I think, and I think we should celebrate all all the ministry that's being done in our presbytery. It is making a difference, and having a purpose like this in a year like we've been through makes an enormous difference in our faith and in our in our own humble walks with God. This has been GraceWorks. If you would like to share the grace-filled work of your congregation, please contact me at revpaulburns at gmail.com.